0: That's heritageradionetwork dot org slash fifteen to donate and enter to win today, and make sure you donate before March thirty first. Thank you.
1: You're listening to heritageradionetwork dot com, bringing you the freshest radio in Brooklyn since two thousand nine. Hear directly from chefs to farmers, artists to architects, authors to brewers, and everyone in between. Check out all of our shows on our website or by searching Heritage Radio Network in the iTunes store. The following is a message from Zingerman's. From June 30th to July 3rd, 2011, come hang out at Camp Bacon, a four-day festival hosted by Zingerman's. The main event is an all-day affair at Zingerman's Roadhouse featuring plenty of bacon, bacon learning, and such luminaries as Alan Benton, John T. Edge, Molly Stevens, and more. The event will be taking place in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Proceeds from this event benefit Southern Foodways Alliance. Also, on Friday, July 1st, there'll be a special benefit performance featuring Andre Williams and the Gold Stars and special guest John Langford and Skull Orchard. Visit www.zingermanscampbacon.com for more information and for tickets. Once again, that's www.zingermanscampbacon.com. Boys, I'm Mella the Honeydew. Yay, that cat is high.
2: Look, that look in his eye. Oh, man, high. yes, the Welcome back to the Speakeasy. I'm your host, Damon Bolte. It's a sunny day in Brooklyn and we have two of the classic and modern cocktail bartending scenes. Uh, greatest bartenders, we have Sam Ross and Michael Mickey McIlroy from Milk and Honey in the studio today. Welcome to the show, guys. It's really good to have you here.
3: It's good to be here, Damon. Um, Thanks very much.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I've been I've been uh, wanting to have you guys on for a while, and it's, it's nice to see it coming into fruition.
3: It's good to be here. <laughs> I'm glad.
2: <Yeah. laughs> so, uh, just to get things started off, you guys are both... Uh, you guys both moved to New York City, to the United States, to to work in, you started out in Milk and Honey, but you were bartending, obviously, before that, and uh, Michael coming from uh, Belfast, Ireland, and uh, Sam coming from Melbourne, Australia, uh, very glad to have you guys here in the States. Uh, it's,
3: it's good to be here, as well. <laughs> thanks for
2: having us. I like how Michael's, like, three feet away from the microphone. <laughs> Should I come in closer? <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. Okay, <laughs> Um so right before the, the show we were uh sitting around having a coffee and uh talking about the transition of coming into the United States uh to basically further your career as uh as bartenders. Um can you uh both tell us a little bit
4: about that path getting here? Sure. I'll I'll lead things off. Um Thanks, Sam. <laughs> started bartending uh sort of Fifteen, sixteen cafes and restaurants in Melbourne. Uh, definitely not to the level that we're uh, currently doing. I was, you know, shit kicking, uh, lugging cases of beer around and uh, and making coffees. But um, in two thousand and one, my mother and my sister opened a cocktail bar in Melbourne called Ginger, which we closed down in two thousand and nine. We had a had a pretty illustrious run of uh, eight and a half years. Um, and back then. Uh, with the availability of visas uh, from the UK and Australia, uh, there was very much a mimicking of the uh, UK bar scene going on in Australia, and and I also have to say back back then as well, the UK bar scene was far uh, far outweighing the the American bar scene, which was fairly non-existent at that time. So Ginger was the bar that that they opened that I uh, started that I went in to work with them on, and uh, really got sort of quite a good reputation in Australia for being one of the trendsetters. Of the uh, Australian cocktail scene, um, and in 2004, I hit legal drinking age over here, uh, over there, <laughs> over there, so, over so here. That's a very big thing. Yeah, actually.
3: one of the main reasons why I came here in 2021.
4: <laughs> and uh, and I just I, I wanted to. New York always called to me, and I uh, I didn't want to do the, what what the basically the the MO of an Australian decent Australian bartender would be uh to go over to the UK and get get his 2 year visa his or hers and uh and go and uh work over there for a couple of years and then come back and i just didn't didn't want to do the same thing that the other guys were doing you know so yeah. new york was always calling to me and i just I, I knew nothing about the cocktail scene over here except for the you know fact that it was the you know the reported origin of the, of the cocktail. And, it's the home of the cocktail. And, and wanted to come over and apply my trade over here. No visa, no friend. I had one friend over here. I couch surfed for four months. Um, awesome. Really worked from the bottom up. But uh, yeah, it was always New York for me.
2: Absolutely. And you know, uh, not even just in this trade, but uh, for people moving to New York City, uh, you hear a lot of the same kind of story. It's like coming to New York and visiting a couple times and then being like, oh, I have to move there. Mm. Uh, it doesn't matter really what you're doing. And uh there's always the uh everyone has a good couch surfing story which is which <laughs>
4: is a whole other show. <laughs> I owe a lot to uh to Jason Clement and uh and 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 Mike for uh, letting me sleep on their couch for four months. I'm still indebted to them. I uh if you're listening, thanks guys.
2: <laughs> so, okay, let's talk about uh your path on uh the way over here, Mike.
3: Um along the same lines, kind of um started working um in the bar scene when I was uh, 16, so it's been 12 years, Jesus, 12 years now. (laughs) Um, Along the same lines, just uh, shit kicking, um, coffees, uh, and then moved up to the bar uh, and then started making cocktails or at least what I thought was then um, when I was about 19. Started doing that at a place called Apartment. In Belfast, um, if any if any of those guys are any of those guys are uh, tuning in right now, uh, keep up the good work. Um, And was kind of doing that, but as I said, you outside. I mean, we were literally doing like Long Island's, and at that time, I thought that that was it. That was the be all and end all of
2: Long Island, six on the beach, like all that. Absolutely.
3: (laughs) In a blender, all of that stuff. Um, All the vodka ranges, you name it, we had every flavour under the sun. And as I said, I literally thought that that was it. So around when I was about 21, I started kind of realising that maybe this was what I was wanting to do. And I went to London and I remember going to a bar called, what was it called? lab and I just seen the guys working there and they seemed so happy just working full time in a bar doing this and I just went that's what I was after not necessarily working there but just wanting to work in a bar yes. yeah. and just be like this is what I do so I was reading industry articles about this place called uh, about this place in over here and in the UK called M&H and i was just reading and reading and reading and i was like man this is the kind of bar that i want to work at it was you know it was like hidden it was fantastic and but everyone always says that you should come to the one here so one day when i was 21 i literally flew here and asked the owner if i could have a job and that was it cool and then i came out here in january 2005
2: you know it's it's really funny i mean like obviously things have changed a lot in the last 6 7 years in in our industry, and uh, for you guys both to basically come over and just go up and ask for jobs at Milk and Honey, it's pretty remarkable because it's a highly coveted job, and it's in in this world of uh, like classic uh, like kind of cocktail bars and whatnot. Um, it it tends to be like one of the like like top five the the first five bar names that you hear when people talk about quality classic well-executed cocktails and for you guys to like be like at the beginning of that at that bar it's put you at a definitely a different Mm -hmm. level of bartender you know Mm -hmm. um i you know in the past with uh with a lot of the uh the guests that have come on we talk about uh working up through the ranks and uh you're making it sound a lot a lot easier than uh (laughs)
3: <laughs> that it probably well, I mean, was. You know, we put in a good. Right, I mean, I, four or five yeah. years before we actually yeah. came here. Well, I also,
4: I find that uh, back then in two thousand and four, two thousand and five, when when me and Michael were talking about you know our approach, the professional bartender in New York was sort almost of almost nonexistent, almost right? nonexistent. Exactly, yeah. And also, uh, Sasha, the owner, was a little um, well a little more affectionate towards uh, in- the international flavour, I guess. So, us coming over, uh, I guess um, at the time he had uh, two Italians, a Welsh girl sorry, Scottish. Scottish, girl. Scottish. <laughs> sorry, Liza's Those son. are fucking words. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, but, but at the time, I, th- I think that he it was rare for him to be approached by, and actually to be honest, when I came over to New York, I came over with no idea of anybody. I actually hadn't heard of Milk and Honey in 2004 when I came over. Um, but he was a little, yeah. He was a little bit more willing to listen to two young, uh, peop- young kids that had come over from their respective countries, with, want to learn with the sole purpose, mm-hmm. you know, of, of bartending professionally. I think that also gave us a little bit of a leg up.
3: But also as well, I mean, back then there really was nothing here. I mean, I remember coming when I was twenty-one in two thousand and four, and I think there was us, there was Angel Share, obviously. Mm-hmm. I think. Flatiron had just opened. Was just Pegu opened. wasn't here. Death and Co. wasn't that. here. Yeah. Um, EO hadn't even opened yet. Like there really was nothing. And I came here thinking it was gonna be cocktail bars as far as the eye could see. But there really wasn't, you know? And yeah. you know, there was nothing here. And then when we came and we and we were talking about this last week, we kinda came as the whole cocktail thing exploded and we right. kind of started you got in at the right.
4: right time well I like I mean, to think there was a correlation <laughs> uh, Damon. actually if I could interject but I agree with what Sarah yeah. said
3: uh, no but yeah I mean it was I mean a lot of it was we just got here at the right time I mean you look at I mean our bar had been running for five years before we came here which a lot of people don't realise that right. you know and you think of the guys who worked when we weren't there like finding you know getting everything ready for us to kind of Take it over in that sense with the large ice and the fresh juice. You know, they they kind of laid the you know um, the groundwork with the groundwork, the and I think right that um, you know that we then took that and kind of lifted it up. You know, like
2: in in uh, Sacha you make from what I, I've never worked for him, I've hung out with him. Pretty he times. doesn't exist. actually <laughs> He's a It's a myth, myth. Yes, but uh, his 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 style like from what I understand from, like, a couple of my bartenders have worked for him and, and some of his bars, and from what I understand, it's like, he actually likes, like, exactly the way you're saying, like, you came to him, you started working for him, got traded up by him, he likes, like, more of a fresh, a fresh, like, perspective that like A clean than, canvas kind of thing like, like, yeah, yeah totally rather than somebody who's been working in the industry and worked at all the other cocktail bars and
4: then attributed bad habits to people. I can see other that places, yeah so I
3: mean I mean, obviously when I came here I literally forgot about everything I learned you know like everything I learned I just pushed to one side yeah. and I was like I want to do it this way but um, I
4: well, mean the, the methodology absolutely like the you know like to credit, you know, bartending, starting off bartending in in you know places that aren't of the highest cocktail bar regard, you know, you still learn lessons every single shift you work. You know how to Absolutely. how to operate a crowd, how to or operate a bar and handle a crowd and all that sort of jazz. But yeah, the systems, like the methodology, uh, was definitely new, mm-hmm. and, and that was the, then that became a focus. And that's another th- good thing about Sasha is he sort of. He, he puts the ball in your court as well in the sense that it's like okay this is this is the basics you know and sort of and run with it and we're always working on new techniques you know we call it the overall system uh that that incorporates the ice the 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 juice to order Mm -hmm. the shaking styles the shaking lengths um jiggering everything we're always trying every single shift we work at we're always trying to find a slightly quicker way of doing things whilst never ever compromising the quality Absolutely, exactly. um, and and that happens every single shift, which is which is really good because it just keeps you focused and
3: and uh, yeah, cool. Well, a lot of trust too, you know. I mean, like he definitely gives his style. He puts a lot of, you know, mm-hmm. he's like, guys, this is your bar. Take ownership. I'm not going to be here. Absolutely, right. yeah. yeah. That's a great way to put it. And uh, I mean, you know, as I said, like, me and Sammy were 22, and we were like, you know, he was just like, all right, guys.
2: Well, the smartest uh, like. To me, take like, it easy. We're yeah. just like, oh, okay. Cool. We have our own bar. But like I think that's the smartest thing for any like bar owner or bar manager to do is like trust trust their bartender trust, and let them run with it. That's you have to you gotta get thrown into the the, the lion's den to like fight your way out. It's the best way to learn a language, a foreign language, is to go to the country, just mm. jump into it, you know. Mm. Um we're gonna take a quick break. Uh, when we get back, I want to talk a little bit more. I would, uh, I'd like to talk a little bit more about these techniques and different styles. Uh, and then uh, let's go and let's move that right into uh, the, the upcoming project. <laughs> the project, project, yes. <laughs> All right. We'll be right back with Sam Ross and Michael McIlroy. Rye whiskey
3: makes <laughs> a
4: Sound better, makes your baby cuter, makes yourself taste
1: sweeter. Oh boy, right whiskey makes your heart beat loud, makes your voice seem softer, makes the back room hotter. Over my
4: thoughts, aren't good thoughts, boys. Have I ever told you about
3: the time I?
4: about the
3: time I...
1: This is Jimmy Carboni from Beer Sessions Radio with a message about Cookout NYC cookout nyc is the pinnacle event in july good beer month cookout nyc will exclusively showcase the best of new york city breweries featuring limited edition beers and nationally renowned and award-winning chefs a portion of the proceeds will benefit just foods farm school community partners include earth matters teen battle chef and the kingsbury community college culinary program check out cookoutnyc.com. Hosted by Dixon's Meats, Six Point Craft Ales, Mama O's Kimchi, The Good Beer Seal, and Radio Hosts from Heritage Radio Network. Cookout NYC is the city's ultimate outdoor cooking and country fair event July 10th from 1130 a.m. to 5 p.m. on Governor's Island.
2: We're back. That was, during the break, a song called Rye Whiskey by the Punch Brothers. That,
3: thanks, Chris. <laughs> thanks, Chris. I know you're listening. So
2: written in milk and honey. <laughs> uh, great. Um, so uh, we're talking with Sam Ross and Michael McIlroy of Milk and Honey, but we're we were talking right before the break a little bit about uh, some future projects. Um, we're going to get to that in just a little bit. But what I want to talk about just for a second is with with Milk and Honey being one of the like pinnacle bars. In in our world, like our, our modern like cocktail world, uh, modern classic, whatever you want, however you want to say it. Um, what do you think are some of the those techniques that we were talking about before that set the bar higher? No pun intended, uh, but uh, that that set you apart from other cocktail bars.
4: I think ice. I think well, the, the, there's the ice, but I still think there's there's just one glaring um, difference that that seems to be taking a really long time in catching on you you talk about uh, milk and honey being somewhat trend setting in in the the sense of the ice and well frozen glassware you know every single piece of glassware in in, in the bar is in a freezer of some sort but um, I still think building by the round still seems Mm -hmm. to be overlooked in a lot of cocktail bars I always look at it uh, in terms of like a restaurant if you're at a restaurant sitting down what's the most important part of of a drink of a cocktail it's the cheers it's the toast right Mm mm-hmm So you want all your drinks looking perfect at the, you know, at the same time, you know, you're not at a restaurant sitting around and someone, a waiter brings out the steak and then, you know, a couple minutes later, it comes around and brings, exactly, you know, like all the food comes out at the same time. Same, same concept for us with the cocktails. All the drinks should come out at the same time. So it's about building, you know, I can, I can make four drinks faster at the same time than I can making one drink, then making the other drink, then making the Mm -hmm. other drink. And it's still to this day, you know, uh, the one trend that I find hasn't quite caught on just yet and it, and it amazes me. Does
2: that have to do with like your like jiggering technique or... Sure, yeah. Part? I mean, obviously, there's a lot of different components that go...
4: You know, it's, it's about picking everything up just once, you know, if you want to look at it like that. So, it's obviously, starting with the cheapest ingredient first, you know, you start with your citrus and your, and your sweeteners. But if, if... Just say I've got two... Two different citrus drinks. You know, pick up the citrus twice, you know, to go lime, sugar, rum, and then the next one, you know, lemon... Pick it all up again. Lemon, sugar, gin. Absolutely. You get
2: your shakers, you're hmm. mixing... Well, in this case, your shakers Mm -hmm. with your citrus, and you pick up your lemon juice, and Mm -hmm. this one has three-quarter ounce. This one has one ounce. Exactly. Half an ounce.
4: If you you look at just touching every single bottle or pitcher or whatever, you know, you're keeping your juices and syrups in just once... And then, and then of course, you know, that comes to the shake. And what what lasts longer? Drinks on ice can be shaken first because, you know, they're going to be they're going to hold their temperature a little longer. It's just like making like uh, coffee
2: drinks. It's mm-hmm. like you you want to make the ones with uh, with steamed milk first because mm-hmm. it's going to preserve the shot durability.
4: Yeah, talk absolutely. about talk about drinks or coffee being durable. Durability.
3: Well, yeah, I mean, totally. I mean, um, on our ice we have with the large ice and the Collins ice and the crushed yeah. ice. We definitely have a different way to yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, he's, I, think, I think Mike's afraid of the microphone Speaking, speaking to the mic there, Mike. Um, So it's definitely to do the eyes Too close, too close. <laughs> Very sexy though
2: So you do the spear obviously in the Collins glass On the, the rock eyes mm, e- Exactly, exactly. Do, Now like obviously we talk a lot about On, on this show we do talk a lot about ice and different people's ice programs and whatnot um and we were talking about to order juices Mm -hmm. are you juicing fresh juice every time you make a cocktail like you're cutting it in half Mm -hmm.
3: and juicing it in like a hand juicer cutting the lime the lemon in half we have one of those
4: beautiful uh hamilton beach uh juices which i mean you see and this isn't a theme that's a bit more um uh, it occurs often, more often in the in the UK bars is they do they often juice to order in the majority of the, the top bars but they do I mean I know it's probably not a PC term but the Mexican elbow juicer oh, know, yeah. the little hand juicer uh, we have this beautiful oiled up uh, Hamilton Beach Thing, that it's, it's sort of the, the Rolls Royce of juices. In it. It's
3: a workhorse, <laughs> essentially. Yeah. I it, mean, it we've make, had ours for years. and uh... It makes
4: juicing a pleasure.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Squeezing that lemon.
2: See, okay, uh, I, I love that you guys are doing that and that you've always done that. Um, it, when I first started the program at Prime Meats, we were hand juicing everything to order. Mm. And my bartenders... Hated you. Hated my <laughs> guts. And so eventually we started... Uh, mm keeping it as fresh as possible but like what i mean you know like obviously juicing not too far ahead of time and even like halfway through the shift rejuicing and whatnot and just trying to keep it mm. uh, obviously as fresh as possible but there there are so many different schools of thought on this it's like you know obviously from lemon to lemon from lime to lime orange to orange grapefruit to grapefruit you know it's all going to be the flavors inconsistent so obviously you want to do Obviously, you're straw tasting everything you make, sure. mm-hmm. so and that's very important. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of bartenders, even even today, even in with the the higher quality bars, they don't necessarily like straw tasting. Taste yeah, it's crazy. And, and uh, you know, there's a lot of mixed uh, mixed reviews on this. Some bartenders say that it it takes away from like. What they already know should this this, this drink should be like, what like they should seasonally, know like the fruit and like mm. all kinds of different things.
3: I
4: mean, Listen, I'm not good enough. All right, I'm not good enough to make sure every single drink of no mine. No one is. So uh, you know, I mean, show, well, we are human. Show me someone that is. No one's good enough. <laughs> yeah. I mean,
3: yeah. I mean, he's absolutely right. I mean, I taste everything. I would. I try to anyway. You know, sometimes if I'm like in a rush, you know. But you know, I mean, I try to taste everything because you you just you know.
4: Yeah, you, you don't have know. to. Yeah, consistency is one of the you know one one of the things we hide hold in the highest issues. highest yeah, absolutely. Mm. That's why we have
2: spec sheets. Mm-hmm. Which uh, I think I have a, a leaked edition of the milk and honey spec sheet somewhere. You, you bastard. <laughs> um, uh, speaking of, uh, can we curse uh,
4: of, on this show. I think we can. We can curse a lot.
3: <laughs> Ass. Gosh darn it.
2: Um, so. Uh, Let's let's move this into uh, taking those techniques into your new venture, mm-hmm. which is to be called Attaboy. Now, Milk and Honey is actually moving to a new space. Yes, uh, a little bit further uptown.
3: Mm-hmm. Yes,
2: and you guys are actually taking over the current Milk and Honey space, which I think is a great, a really great thing. You know, Milk and Honey is getting a little bit bigger. You guys are taking over this space, which basically has been your space I mean like when 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 I think of Milk and Honey and when a lot of us think of Milk and Honey we think about Sammy and Mick Mm -hmm. Um, so what are your plans if you don't mind uh, giving out a little information about uh, Attaboy which by the way is the name of a country song that I wrote like five years ago. Oh, shit? <laughs> about
3: really? putting down Well a that's horse. why we called it. Did you know? We're you guys found my record.
4: It's a country bar. <laughs> nice. Of. Yeah. Dashing nice. Damon plus three. I saw the record. <laughs>
2: okay, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna use that name now.
4: Um so, oh, uh, well, I think it's a very gesturing
2: like- towards each other. At yeah, it's, I mean, it's, well, it's very cute.
4: <laughs> Stop it, you go.
3: Um, Stop touching me. Um, ideally, one of the big things for us is that we wanted to keep um, the room yeah. a- alive. Still, you know, we we wanted to keep one, three, four, Eldridge still going because it's been a room that's been going for 11 years now, 11 yeah. and a half years, and it means so much to us, means so much to... Um, Sasha. Sasha um, and the cocktail scene, um, customers. So that was one of... Especially the customers. Yeah, yeah, I mean, totally. I mean, I think people come for the room uh, yeah. rather than why it's called... You know, people are like, oh, you know, it's hidden, and there's this and there's that. But I think people come because of the room, because... Over the years, we've just seen so many relationships happen there. You know, I mean, it's it's a space that I think a lot of guys hold very dear. I I, in their hearts. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Including us. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, we all do. And like, that's that's one of the most important things to me about a bar. And to obviously, a lot of people like don't necessarily. Know that they're thinking about it that way, like that space at that time. It's the bigger you know? picture.
3: It's not yeah. just about
2: you can what's go into it. Yeah,
3: in the glass, it's about
2: it's the whole the, the whole, whole walls. thing.
3: Like, yeah, totally. so,
2: Like when you read like Toby Chikini's book Cosmopolitan, read about like the the uh, uh, the bar passerby, and it's like, and, and if you ever got the the chance to go there, yeah, it's, like, mm-hmm. it's like man, that's like like the equivalent, like that's the epitome of. Like that, that thing, that that capsule in time, and like the 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 feel of a bar, and you know, and and everything just makes a lot of sense together. Uh, and uh, so, th- like, I'm sorry to interject there like that, but I, I like I I, 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 to, anyway. I I tend to I tend to romanticize uh, bars a little too much. Uh, sorry, mom.
4: <laughs> you can, well, you can you can build a bar, you can't build that that atmosphere, that environment, that Absolutely. history, mm-hmm. and and that's what you know, Milk and Honey has. Uh, for, for many of us and it's sort of like with with me and Mickey sort of you know and we're taking over with with, with Sasha's backing of course you know yeah, yeah. Um, but I find it's a very organic sort of you know if you had have had two you know a couple of new people come in and sort of do something completely different with the space it really would be just severing all ties with the history of the place but the fact that you know me and Michael uh, it's a bloodline yeah it's great you know? it's like it's like a uh, it's like uh, you know like a father passing down a
2: classic car, you know. And I mean, you know, it's, yeah. I mean, all right, take this. You might put new wheels thing, on it, yeah.
3: but you know, it's, yeah, totally. It's a boy, you know. Not, not that I'm trying to compare our room with that, but you know, oh, you might as well for a long time. Already, I believe you already did already do that? Yeah, you know, at that bar, there was someone who ran that bar. Who was trained? Who was trained? Who was trained? Who was trained by Harry Craddock? You know, there's like. Yeah, it's a like bloodline kind of the thing. The Carthusian
2: monks, you know, Absolutely. with like Chartreuse passing down the recipe. And
3: Absolutely. And now we're comparing um, ourselves to the
2: makers of the <laughs> monks. This just gets better and better. Too much right like the <laughs>
4: Obama? Can we compare ourselves to Obama somehow?
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's pretty much uh, yeah. We're all descendants of God,
4: basically.
2: <laughs> Love it. Love it. <laughs> but okay, so uh, tell us a little bit more about like like the plans that you have uh, all around. Obviously, it's going to be a amazing. Cocktail joint. Mm. It's a Mets uh,
3: bar, actually. It's a Mets
2: bar. <laughs> it, yeah. Flat screen, the most flat screen TVs of any bar flat, in flat New York City.
3: Facing the bar, yeah. so only we can watch the game. Yes, yeah.
4: yeah. yeah. in, in 500 square foot of our bar, we're going to have approximately 23 flat screens. Excellent. Uh, Six hundred
2: square, uh, square. The bar is actually, the bar top is made of flat screen, <laughs> so you can just look down next to your drink.
3: Uh, we're actually, I mean, for anybody <laughs> who's come to our bar, I mean, it's it's very small and we're actually going to reduce the size of it in, in terms
4: okay. of in terms of pa- uh, patrons yes in, um know, we're not putting up fake walls or anything nothing like
3: that, that. Mm. but um an extended bar we're gonna yeah. have going all the way down right now we only have four seats we're hoping to have about 10 to 12, 10 to 12.
4: yeah it's it's a business it's a new business model that we've uh we're pretty psyched about actually <clears throat> Uh so we're, we're going to eliminate uh floor service if you will. We're going to extend the bar all the way down. You know, it it is a bartender's bar essentially as it is. Absolutely. Um and we want to we want to make it more so we want so having a long bar that goes all the way down the front. So it, it's it's I mean the the models based on myself and Michael obviously, but we will have other people working there. Um but it's two bartenders. Send in your applications. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> Do I get a guest? I guess shift there? We'll talk. Um, so having two bartenders uh, and no floor. So basically, the front bar, the front guy is going to be taking care of all the bar seats, mm-hmm. and we're still going to retain uh, three booths up the back. And the back guy is going to come out and take the orders from the three booths up the back, come back and make it. So essentially, it's 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 two bartenders doing all the work, taking the orders and making the drinks. And that's what was one of the, the appealing things to myself and Michael in the early days was. You know, at Milk and Honey, you've got someone coming out to you that knows the drinks implicitly. Yeah. Inside, you know? yeah. And, and it, they can be on the floor or the bar because, you know, we both we, we do floor shifts as well as bar shifts. And I, I, that's just such an appealing thing to me is that you've always got someone that is super, super knowledgeable about what it is you're investing your money. Not really investing. Well, are you investing when you drink? I don't know. Anyway. Anytime
2: you hang out with friends... Mm. And have drinks. An you're, invest, you're investing <laughs> in, uh, a, like, a very, very nice lifestyle.
4: <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, we got a couple of, couple of ideas, but um, that being the main one, bringing the bar all the way down the front, 12-bar uh, seats, uh, no reservations either. We're uh, we're, we're canning the reservations. So, um...
3: Come on, come on. Please. Windows also. Windows, yeah, we're going to open, open, open it up yeah, a little yeah. bit. You'll actually be able to see... Light, light will be shining in. See, it's a bar from the street. Um... Do you like the name, by the way? I do. I do. Are you just saying that? Or?
2: I, love the, I love the name.
3: Uh, <laughs> attaboy. I think That's so, great. right? It's the name of a drink, also. Yeah, Bowles Drink. But a Horrible. Just. Co- horrible drink. Just. And a <laughs> a terrible <laughs> cocktail. A vintage store in Belfast years ago. Nice. It was, called, which was one of the reasons why I came up with the name.
2: Guys, uh, you know, there were so many more things I wanted to talk about today. Uh, we will we come back. We'll have to come back.
3: <laughs> I think we should make this like uh, a regular thing. Yeah, and then yeah, you, you don't even it. know
2: about Table Forty Two yet. <laughs>
3: This is it. Is the that table her? right outside this window. She has That's pressed, table forty-two. She has pressed herself up against that window. By the way, a couple times. I don't Excellent. know if anyone else has noticed. Well, <laughs> well you right.
2: have to. You have to join us and uh, a lot of the other bartenders that have come through the show for uh, a new show that we're going to start doing <laughs> called Table Forty-Two, where we do commentary on people's dates <laughs> sitting right here.
4: Ooh, I like is this a tinted, Is this a one-way glass? We need to
2: make that happen yeah. because <laughs> they can see us. That is a they can see us pointing thick. at them. Voyeuristic.
4: <laughs> <a> uh... <laughs>
2: yeah. It, Okay, so uh, guys, I I really I'm b- extremely excited that you came on the show today, and it was it's been my complete pleasure having you on here. And uh, it's been great to be here. Right yeah. so When Absolutely. we when Man. next time you come on, we're going to talk about the uh, the riffing off of each other. I want I want to talk about the left hand and the right hand cocktail. <laughs> oh. And a uh,
4: couple, couple of modern classics right there.
2: Well, so. Uh, one of these days, very soon, you will be able to go and visit Sam and Michael at uh, Attaboy, the bar that's going to be taking over the space at Milk and Honey. And until then, you can see them at Milk and Honey. Sam's going to be there tonight. Uh, I want to thank you again. Sam Ross, Michael McIlroy. I want to thank my producer, Jack Inslee. Thanks, Jack. <laughs> Thanks, Jack. <laughs> and uh, we'll see you next week. Thank you, gentlemen. Thanks, guys. Cheers.
1: Nice. Look at that milk in his Nicole Taylor is always the first to talk with new and exciting personalities in the food world on her show, Hot Grease. Check out a little clip. Everything is super sweet in the Heritage Radio Network studios today. We're chatting with Fanny Gerson. Fanny is a graduate of the Culinary Institute of America and the 2011 James Beard Foundation
3: Cookbook Award nominee. Oh my God, <laughs> we fry in bed style. We have to talk the dough. Donuts. I'm gonna have to say, Fanny, I don't know if you know this. I was definitely the first person in Brooklyn to start talking about <laughs> dough. Did you know that? I, I knew that last
4: time I saw you. Ah. Uh, but I didn't know that before. So we have
3: to talk dough. I mean it, it is it is a bona fide phenomenon in Brooklyn. Uh I'm so excited to be part of it. I and I can't believe it. <laughs> you know? I mean, I was just telling you before the show that uh I think about a month ago I went to dough on a Sunday at two o'clock and all the donuts. You like were what dough. you hear? You
1: can hear Hot Grease every Monday at 3.30 p.m. live on HeritageRadioNetwork.com. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast or check it out in our archives.